0: The Spanish Announce Table.
1: It is episode 416 of the Spanish Announce Table. We are a pro wrestling podcast. We are pro wrestling's best podcast, I should actually say. And we are going to talk about some AEW Dynamite. We're going to talk about a little bit of Wrestle Kingdom. We're going to talk about, maybe we'll talk about Vince McMahon. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. If you're joining us live on the YouTube live stream, youtube.com slash Spanish announce tube, or you can just find us at Spanish announce table podcast on there. Uh, TikTok, same thing at Spanish announce table. Join us, talk to us, be our wrestling friends, especially live while we're doing this. It's great. It's excellent. We've got friends. We've got a beer sponsor of the week, but it came in so late. I was like, I don't know that we got time to get beer. So we'll get beer next week. And we'll talk about Uh-oh. another cool ass fan. We've got, um, uh, and maybe we'll still talk about them this week as well. I got I to pull up the information and all that. But, Tom, let's talk about first of all, how are you, Tom?
2: I'm great. We're starting a new year, 2023. Figured to shave my face because mm-hmm. starting a clean slate. Um, and then, what's oh, the look at, new look? look at, we're ready to go out on, on the town. Like this. So, I got a new look. But before yeah. we talk about my new look, let's talk about AW's new look. So, as, look at that transition. Yeah, oh, God, transitions. Okay. transitions um so let's talk about AEW's new look mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh as talked about in the past um they were going to unveil this new look to dynamite now there's a new look for rampage as well but as most listeners know and if you're watching us live you obviously know this uh we're recording on a thursday so we don't know what rampage mm-hmm. looks like maybe that's a complete overhaul well all also- dynamite
1: also, rampage has a new look as well because they film it at the same place in time. They're filming dynamite, so it by, mm-hmm. by nature is going to have the well, same new look. Be,
2: yeah. yeah, so it's going to be different than what um, than what it was last. Correct. Year. Now, yes. what that means is it the same color scheme? Is it stuff we don't know those things. True. Um, but they the, could play but, with that. Yeah, but with all that being said, Tim, we got red, we got blue, we got lights. We got all this fun type of stuff. Yeah. What did you think of the new look?
1: I I like the new look, and I like the choices they went with, right? I like this kind of like bootleg American Gladiators feel that it's got going on, right, with the laser red and blue and the white logo, the all-white logo. Um, I like it where it's, it's new, it's got some bright colors, but it's also simplistic, right? It's not overdone. The miss for me here, though, however, is that you didn't do it all the way around, right? They still had the black and gold logo on the ring and, you know, on on their branding and stuff when they're doing the, like, get 25% off shop AEW.com. I think most corporations in in all industries, you do that all the way through, right? You can maintain, like, Tony Schiavone maybe wearing his old school AEW patch is not an issue, right? You might see that, but you're not going to see if NFL changes their logo next year, you're not seeing the old one on the field and the new one on the on the TV screens and that kind of thing. So that was right. a little bit of a miss for me. But that's also they're a young company, right? WWE didn't do uh, things the way a you know or WWE does now when Vince McMahon was four years into into what they do. You know what I mean? So that I think like I I give them a little bit of leeway there, but. <laughs> you got the money to hire big right we, th- we think you hire big on the camera portion of the production right mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm just thinking that's the miss for me there but also hey i like the the look of the new stuff they put out there i like the color scheme i like the look so if they just kind of finish that up then i think it'll be a complete package but otherwise i liked it what about you
2: i didn't like any of it to be honest okay with you. so And what I mean by that is I didn't hate anything. Nothing there was like throw the pitchforks up and let's burn this fucking company down to the ground. However, here was my initial thoughts. One, it looked like a 2010 version, like the re remember when Hulk Hogan and uh, Layla Lee tried to revamp American gladiators. Remember when they tried that Mm -hmm. for a second time around? Right. That's what it looked like. It yeah, looked well, that's American kind of what I said. Gladiators. It looked like
1: a bootleg American Gladiators. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: So it looks like American Gladiators, which is fine. Right? That's just me nitpicking. There's probably their demo that they're going after. Probably has no idea of American Gladiators. So for me to be nitpicky on that, that's kind of small of me. But that's my first initial reaction. Second thing with Dynamite specifically, and again, we don't know what Rampage will look like, but they use the same song again, we talked about Monday Night Raw. Yeah, there's, true. there's a time, like, you you hear a song and you go, that's Attitude Era. That's um, the new era. This is the Ruthless Aggression. Like, there's different songs that go with the different time periods, but they just use the same song. So that kind of fell flat. Yeah, a little I, bit.
1: I didn't even notice that, to be honest with you. You're right. I mean, At- and, and look, if we're being honest, uh, I get that song, you know, it says Dynamite and whatnot, but that felt a little dated as well, even when we started it. If I'm being honest, right? But I, yeah. I felt it like it was trying to match WWE a little too much.
2: Yeah, I just wanted. I mean, again, he pays for the rights of a lot of songs, right? We've heard Jane from Jefferson Starship. We've heard the Pixies. we were we're hearing Kansas right now with the Elite. I can recall one of my favorite WWE themes is "Beautiful People" by Marilyn Manson. So just pay for the rights of a song, yeah, like. And again, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not trying to spend your money, but if you're going to do a new look, I need a new sound too. Yeah. Because if I'm looking away and I hear it, is this a rerun? Like, did I, did I have the wrong DVR recording? Or if I hear that, like, oh, okay, I'm in 2023. This is going to be a 2023 show yeah. again, nitpicky. But like you said, if you're going to do a revamp, you do it all the way. And yeah. then the third thing, which you pointed out already was the, yeah, the, shop a w is still the old thing and then on the apron it's still that yeah which is so, confusing
1: honestly i mean it, it contradicts when you see that so you can see the red and the blue and the and the white up on the screens around the stadium but then you get this black and gold logo on the screen saying shop AW. I mean those are conflicting I mean, it's not just yeah. like a hey i'm nitpicking and being you know a, a contrarian here it's like that stuff looks weird together that's why people mm-hmm. brand all the way through
2: but yeah. and and yeah. then the other thing that made them unique. And I liked because it rewarded you for paying attention that they got rid of. And maybe they could have done it in a different way because it kind of did look a little bit TNA when they started. But I like the tunnels where the heels come out of this tunnel and the baby face come out of this tunnel because then when you tell casual fans, hey, we're going to watch a full program. When you tell them at the start, this, you know, this tunnel, bad guys, that tunnel, good guys. Yeah. When they walk out by the third match, your your casual viewers can be like, okay, so fuck this guy, right? Yeah. Like, yeah fuck that guy. You know yeah. what I mean? Or I, or I do get that.
1: I just also always felt like it was a little dumbed down, right? Like there was a little, because I'm like, what, what about the folks that kind of cross that line, right? But then they used well, to that do that, was, right? Where somebody comes to
2: the middle and they're like, what do you think about that? Well, but that <laughs> yeah. was the interesting thing is because – Brian Danielson was in mm-hmm. the, or is in the BCC, but comes out of the heel. Yeah. Right. And then Yuda comes out of the baby face, but this is what I liked about it. If you go back to all out 2021, when Adam Cole makes his, take de- his debut as the leader celebrating their victory over Christian cage and then beating up Jurassic express, Adam Cole walks out of the heel side. So you instantly know oh, you knew well, well, fuck who he's guy. here with, right? Right. Well, Something and at some point you could use
1: it fun. to to your storytelling sure. advantage, right? Like, oh,
2: he's coming out to help whomever, and then oh no. And, well, and they would do that sometimes, if you recall when Cody oh, yeah, he left, Rhodes was right? well, yeah, when he was like, Oh, should I go left? And then he went right. Though yeah. I like that. Now the tunnels again screamed a little bit. uh, TNA right TNA had the tunnel where they would come out one side would be the heels the other side of the ring would Mm -hmm. be the baby faces that's harder to do on tv because you're just shooting the tunnels you're like I don't know what fucking way I'm facing so different shape or something but I I do think another
1: thing that maybe we haven't hit on here as well that somebody is hitting on, on the chat. And I want to remind everybody to get in contact with us, talk to us, right? You can talk to us live on the chat. You can also become the beer sponsor of the week, which we will have next week from, this is an Instagram handle. And I, I I want everybody to follow this person from fuck yo mama two times, right? That's F U K Y O M O M M A two X, right? Twice, right? You gotta do it twice uh which is awesome bill from dawsonville and we're gonna talk a lot about awesome bill from dawsonville at fuck your mama two times next week and how great they are uh can't wait i'm excited uh, oh, but yeah. also right now live in the youtube chat too we something that we missed here tom about this is uh, first of all jeffrey sill says tim and tom are the best tag team in the world which i mean thanks uh I like it's great to hear somebody else say it. We we kept telling ourselves, right? We're like, we're the best team in the world, right? And be like, yeah, we're we're the best, but it's good to hear somebody else say it. <laughs> but he says AEW looked great. The show was great. I love the new Titan Tron, looked really cool and big. Can't wait to see that video board for pay-per-views. That I really like too. I like the setup. I kind of like the there's some over here and they're this way, and there's some up here and they're this way. I like that look a lot.
2: Yeah, that added more grandioso to the show. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Like for as much as I give WWE shit, and a lot of it is deservingly so, that big fucking thing that they have when you go to the show and it's fucking two-thirds of the arena, you go like, well, goddamn, this is going to be cool. So I will say, like, the, the new s- screen that they have is pretty impressive. And now it like goes together to where, like, uh, what Jeffrey still says, it's a titantron where, like, it's a full video and then, like, the middle could be different than the side panels and stuff like that. Great, I did love that a lot, but I think it was it was sixty percent done.
1: Yeah, which is I think been a knock that we've said about AW's overall production. We're like, man, you guys are almost there, mm-hmm. but you leave yeah. a few things that are just glaring issues, right? And I think yeah. this is kind of it. And again, I, I'm so, willing to chalk it up to growing pains, but well, I'd like to, to see some improvement, thing. and we're not really.
2: Mm. To a certain extent. Yes. It's a three-year-old company. However, and this is me again nitpicking, we have in 2023, the resources to go out and get top line professionals who are specific niche in whatever you need. Do you need a website? Do you need whatever it is, right? They can be those people for you. So it's not as if it's all on Tony Khan, and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega to create this out of their brain. Other people can help.
1: Yeah, but there are corporations yeah. of your size that do like similar entertainment based live event things that would know hey, yeah. you guys should not do that.
2: You should do this. Or go talk to Kathy over at this company or talk or to just, Jeff. You guys yeah. don't
1: have the decisions. We'll come up with these decisions about like how we look as a brand. You right. guys focus on your wrestling stories over there. <laughs>
2: Now, before we get into the show, because I do have it pulled up here, uh, if I gave you the pencil, as far Mm. as this rebrand goes, what would be the one thing? I could say, Tim, you can only change one of it or enhance it, whatever it would be. What would be that thing for you? Would it be the make sure the branding's correct everywhere? What would it be for you? Well, I mean, I think that's one that you
1: just have to shore up, but I I almost feel like that's that has to happen and maybe they just didn't get enough time like maybe it's like hey shipping is still delayed and we couldn't get the ring skirt or whatever like mm-hmm. so i'm going to give that one a pass but outside of that maybe the colors i mean it does look a little you know early 90s american gladiators right or maybe mm-hmm. mid 90s right like trying to to be a little retro i don't know what i would change about it i don't know like which of the colors right when i take the the red out and change it with something else that again too I would think a company of that size would hire somebody who knows the psychologies of a certain specific colors. So Mm. if they're doing that and they came up with red, white, and blue, okay, maybe I guess I get why. Um, But if they didn't do that and they were just like, I like these colors, well, I mean, okay. (laughs) So I think maybe that. I think maybe I would get another color scheme. But, again, I I can't tell you what I would do because I would take the approach of what should I do as a television production Mm
2: -hmm. theme, trying to keep eyeballs on my screen. I would change the song. The song Mm, just set, you know what I mean? Like, the song is huge. Like, you watch Botchamania, Botchamania changes their damn song to the things that are current going on and stuff like that. And again, you can mark eras with songs where you hear it and you go back to, oh, that was a CM Punk era. Remember that when fucking he was champ? Or, hey, this is, you know, let's just say that they did debut a new song. You could theoretically timestamp and say, This is the MJF era of AEW. Mm-hmm. This is now different than yeah. when Kenny Omega and um, John yeah. Moxley and Jericho were champs. So, well, that's Jeffrey what Sills
1: mean. in the chat says they're a work in progress, but where they are hitting at all cylinders is the performance in the ring. And, oh man, are we going to talk about that?
2: And we've never said that it's been bad, honestly. Oh, like,
1: yeah, no, we love it.
2: Of, of all yeah. the things that they shine brightest on, it is in front of the camera. Well, we've always kind of criticized as, everything behind it. So with that being said, let's get into it. So it kicked off with uh, the biggest star in AEW. At least that's what it feels like. Chris Jericho walking out and he's coming down to the ring because he's going to take on uh, the flavor of the month. Will it be a push longer than three weeks? We shall see, but it's Ricky Starks. So we had Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks. Uh, Fun match, I thought. What did you think about the opening contest here?
1: I did think it was a fun match. I like that uh, we're putting Ricky Starks at an elevated level here. We are decidedly booking him to be kind of above the rest of the mid-card at this moment, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. he's not, you know, all the way up there, but we're putting him at like the next guy, right? And and it feels cool that they're picking somebody and going with it that people actually like. Um, everybody liked Wardlow, but I don't think anybody was like, warlow's the next guy I just think we really like that story and it was supposed to lead the way it was and it did and we liked that with ricky starks yeah. i think it's one that people were naturally emulating and and you know in the crowd and all that jazz so we'll see if he can maintain this level of you know hype if, if is a good mm-hmm. word um but i like that jericho a lot of knocks we give him here He's willing to put folks over, right? And, oh, yeah, of course. He puts them over here, and then the beatdown comes. And I still – one of my biggest takeaways every time I see Jericho Appreciation Society is that I need more 2.0 in my life. Tom, yeah. I want to know what makes Daddy Magic's nipples
2: hard, right? So I need more 2.0 on my TV. Yeah, I think – so with Ricky Starks, your point about that, I feel like Ricky Starks right now, at least amongst the hardcore of the hardcore fans – Uh, with that pose it feels a lot like when we did the randy orton remember when randy orton started to make his name for himself in evolution and Mm -hmm. we all just started posing like this in photos and stuff like that it feels like now everyone's doing the ricky starks yeah so i think we should go with that now ricky starks picks up the victory here and as you mentioned uh there is a post meet post match beatdown. however the point i want to bring up is This is three losses now in a row for Jericho. So he loses to Action Andretti. Then he loses his title to Claudio. And now to kick off 2023, he loses to Ricky Starks. So when I think of wrestlers that go on a losing streak, the first person I think of is Chris Jericho. If you recall the end of his WCW run, when he was losing every match and he was kicking the stairs and he was throwing a fit. And then Tony Schiavone, which full circle yeah. uh, was the announcer back then. It was like, what is going on with Jericho? I wonder if maybe we're revamping the crybaby Jericho because no no, offense to all three of those guys, but they're not Hangman, John Moxley or CM Punk. You know what I mean?
1: Crybaby Jericho resurgence would be a great way to end the Jericho Appreciation Society and yeah. let them go on their way because eventually people will just be like, dude, shut the fuck up. Right. And one by yeah, one, they peel around. off, right? 2.0 is like like this asshole, right? This douchebag mm-hmm. over here, and they go off and find somebody, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I wouldn't hate it. And again, we—I felt like we've ridden out this Jericho Appreciation Society thing enough. Anything else they're going to do is another gag thing with a hat or something. And so I just don't. I, I, yes, a change is in order for Jericho, if you ask me. But I—I I do like that we've got Ricky Starks, book strong here. Now, how does he respond, right? So we're going to get more Jericho. Ricky Starks for a little bit, but I still think Starks looks the strongest in the end and goes over totally.
2: Well, do we get Jericho Ricky Starks? Because as this post match beatdown occurs, it's the return of the one eyed action Andretti who has the fireball face, and he comes to like
1: somebody's just a tag team. Maybe it's them in 2.0. Fucking,
2: I don't know. Because then the other part of it, and this is again me just. I've watched wrestling enough to where I I want everything to make sense. Right. And one of my biggest criticisms, well, one of my (laughs) biggest criticisms going over to the WWE side was how Rhea Ripley was always taking advantage of the guys where it's like, we can't like men can't hit you. Right. Like in that world, especially like they can't do it. So where are you going? Like you're, you're at a dead end now. Eventually, Beth Phoenix came in to help edge. And so there was something there, right? But with this, it was Anna Jay and Ty Mello doing the distraction. And then hiya, got you in the dick. So do we incorporate women into the storyline? I don't want a necessary BCC versus JAS type of war gang war going on again. However, we got a lot of women on the roster who aren't doing much. So get them involved with Action Andretti and Ricky Starks. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I uh, so. Jeffrey Sills wants to know what is Ricky's best fin- <clears throat> finisher, the spear or the Rochambeau? Said he's going with the spear. It's Goldberg vicious, man. The spear just I don't Goldberg's about the only one who ever made it look like it might actually hurt. Uh, <laughs> if I'm being honest, um, even Roman Reigns I'm kind of like ah you know Edge I think made it look good too, but I don't know man. I just I'm not down on the spear a whole lot the Rochambeau is a little bit complicated too I don't know if maybe we found the the exact thing there for Ricky Starks
2: I like the Rochambeau a little bit more because it can happen as a counter so if you recall that match that he had with Jay Lethal and Jay Lethal does his stupidest finisher of all time and bounces off the ropes it went right into the Rochambeau and boom there you go so I like now again spear spear can come out of
1: anywhere yeah
2: right yeah but the Rochambeau is more eye-catching, right? Oh shit! Now he's on his fucking shoulder, and then boom, you're and done. it's unique.
1: It's not yes. we're it's not, not, not going everywhere. like, Whoa, is his spear better than the Goldberg spear, than the Roman Reigns spear, than the Edge spear, than the Gilbert the spear, Ashley. than the Bobby, yeah, Lashley Bobby Lashley spear? You
2: know, like, we got nobody's spear is
1: better than the Gilberg spear. We're gonna make sure we. That's yeah.
2: <laughs> Maybe <laughs> um, one thing though that I did want to point out before we move on is holy hell. Uh, that power bomb that Jake Hager oh, gave geez. to Ricky Starks was the farthest I think anyone I... fell through a table in recent memory. Like that was a long ass fall. Jake
1: Hager, man, might be back on the WWE diet, getting ready for his next bum fight.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. He ain't <laughs> finding Bellator anytime soon. There ain't no Kansas City fighters around here for him to go after anymore. That's so awesome. he's gonna.
1: How much are they pay him, yeah, Tom? I might. <laughs> well,
2: you know there. that, right? You Alders said you is... could
1: teach me how to take a how to take a fight, right? And just yeah, easy. <laughs>
2: Yeah. But all three of his fights were from guys from Kansas City. He beat everyone up in Kansas City. How
1: much would I make if I agreed to go in there and just cover up and get rolled up by a Jake Hager?
2: Well, you gotta talk shit and get some notoriety. But how much is the how much is
1: the promoter gonna pay me?
2: So he's he fights for Bellator, so you're not gonna get a ton of money. You would probably get I would say probably twelve and twelve, twelve thousand to show up and then twelve thousand to win. That's not bad. No, it's horrible. Going to take gonna an get ass. Get <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> you're going mean, to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. Yeah. yeah. No,
0: you're yeah. going to be
2: really yeah. insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to Stop. use
1: that on medical bills. So, yeah, you got <laughs> to exactly. take that out.
2: Right. Yeah. Now, luckily, the promotion will cover anything that happens during the fight. And that can be, anyhow, that's an MMA conversation. But yeah, you probably get 12 and 12, 15 and 15 if you really make some money uh, yeah. or really make a name for yourself. But say, anybody needs can... some
1: cash? Hit up Tom. He can connect you. Uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I know. <don't... laughs> yeah. I have Scott Coker's uh, number on my phone. He runs Bellator. Right. Um, Just give us a percentage. (laughs) Finders fee. I'll I'll be your manager. 5% Uh, will take it. Give you a deal. So then after that, we get an in-ring interview. And it is the update on Hangman Adam Page and his medical condition. And he instantly says, I'm not cleared yet. So he gets us excited. It seems like he's gonna make the announcement that next week he's gonna fight John Moxley, and then he says, "Ah, I'm not cleared." Now I understand what he did there because he he essentially said like because I'm not cleared now, I'm not gonna fight. Moxley Can't fight now. him right now, right? However, they did then say like next week it's Hangman versus John Moxley. Yeah. So then it's like. <clears throat> what
0: mm-hmm.
2: so i like he he should have said i've already got the test the brain scan. i've I been told
1: i'm cleared for a battle next week provided i have no setbacks which i will find out on the day of whatever.
2: right right and then we're gonna do the match right. because yeah if you say you're not cleared but then we announce the match for next week that don't make no sense yeah. but you could just tie those two again.
1: together um uh, man, I like this Hangman promo. Uh, I like that, you know, aside from that, it, that did stick out to me a little bit. I was like, man, we've hit the why I'm not able to fight a little too often and not in a good way. <clears throat> but I like his, like, I, I'm coming for you. And he's like, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm ready. And, and then he gave him this line here. I will knock your dick in the dirt. Which <laughs> was great. And that immediately cued the music, right? I like that part, right?
2: And that's a that's a cowboy phrase. Mm-hmm. If you're around in the Kansas City area or you go into the rural areas of Missouri and Kansas, that is a phrase you will hear oh, yeah. at the local bar in Oak Grove or whatever rural area you go to. Yeah. And so, like, if it guaranteed, it's
1: happened in Chillicothe last week.
2: Exactly. So the the hangman cowboy persona. That phrase is a hundred percent spot on, right? Yeah. That didn't come from Ricky Starks. That no, came from exactly. Hangman man, Adam page. Mm-hmm. And I did like how with it didn't even miss a beat. It was that line. Okay. John yeah. Moxley's on his way. Now we talked about why he can't fight. Yeah. This is where I think we missed just a little bit, just a little bit. Cause hangman tells moxley you think i want revenge i'm getting this fight with you because you belittled me and you made a joke of what happened right and i get that that is something to fight over right hey what
1: right yeah he said like it's not because you knocked me out like i get knocked out i get that but it's like you didn't even let me fucking speak but yet he showed up angry remember before moxley yeah that was the miss for me was he was like i didn't show up it wasn't until you made a joke and didn't let me speak, but like, man, you showed up with fighting attitude. You were like in his fucking face, right? So yeah. uh to me, well, I was like, No, that's not true. Right? Like And No and, Could hangman just be wrong about how he feels and, and doesn't know how to express it? Like that's that's a normal human emotion, right? To be like, Well, it's because you said this.
2: It's like, no, it's not, it's because you're fucking jealous,
1: right? Like yeah. okay, right. So I could get by well, with it. But the
2: but the more interesting Story, to me at least, is something that we talked about when he cut the promo in real time uh, and was one of his most uh, spectacular promos he's cut in his AEW career is when he said, I couldn't remember my son's mm-hmm. name. That is your reason, yeah, right? You you almost disconnected well, him from his child yeah, and family. Yeah,
1: but it's, like, it's not even that. To me, I like the like, hey, look, I get it. I signed up for this. You knocked me out. That's what happened. Um, I get even saying like, fuck you, you think it's a joke. I'm going to show you what's, what's really a joke when we're done with this. But to me, the thing is just that like, Hey, it's unfinished business. You didn't beat me. You, you got lucky when I landed wrong. Right? Like, I mean, look, the NFL has a lot of issues about like a certain match going down because a guy got injured. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, like it's that matter. It's like, no, you don't get to go on with this, like win on your record without going through me first i'm gonna make you fucking earn it because you didn't goddamn earn it right like poking the chest that kind of thing Is probably the route i would have went that made more sense to me other than this whatever we're getting but i do like the battle back and forth i like how moxley is just just the whole time like hey fuck you bitch you know what i mean like i'll just do it again like what, like mm-hmm. that's the joke to me is that you think this isn't just gonna happen again
2: <laughs> like this is what right. happens when you fucking step in the ring with me yeah i just for me i i would have preferred the the hangman family aspect mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. you made me you hit me so hard that yeah. you potentially could have made me not honestly you could my roll child. it all into one i mean you could honestly well, roll it but, all
1: into one but i mean because he's well, feeling all
2: those things yeah, but you got to have something to say, right? Yeah. Like when Excalibur yeah. says the, the reason for the match, it can't be yeah. 16 things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, it was really good. The, the sexual tension it felt like of them wanting to fight if I was writing this segment again, they were
1: close to making I, out, huh? They were close.
2: Well, <laughs> this episode was really good. I do want to say that. I'm oh, yeah, as I loved it. But there were little details. And one detail that I would have done here is he said, Hangman says the line, dick in the dirt. Music hits, security runs down. They don't want to ruin this match. Tony Khan is wanting to preserve this match. So, security saving Hangman in- from
1: himself, even.
2: Saving Moxley from Hangman. Yep. Like, you get him in between to say, like, we get it, but and then...
1: People got to pay to see this fight. Dumbasses, like,
2: stay right. away from each other. But then Moxley can push a security guard instead of, like, holding his chest or yeah, something. Yeah, his... Uh, well, for as as Moxley
1: does, his thing... But, Someone's got to sit him down and talk about that—that that he's doing this too much, right? But well, whatever, but
2: Hangman, Hangman was grabbing his coat as if it was too small on him, and he was like, "I'm gonna, dah, I'm gonna," and it's like, someone yeah. should have been there to make yeah. him look cooler mm-hmm. than what it yeah. was, because it—it looked like they wanted to fuck.
1: Um, it just did. Hey man, it's 2022. Maybe they, you know how are they get down? It's 2023. Who cares? Yeah, it is 2023. Yeah. God damn! Look, see, god damn. Living in the past over here. Yeah, that's right, because we did our Christmas episode fucking last week, right? Or we did our New Year's episode last week, and then two weeks ago is our Christmas episodes. Go back and listen to those on the YouTube channel. But we move on with the AEW Dynamite review.
2: Yeah, so then we get our first uh, championship match of the night. It is for the World Tag Team Championships. Uh, It is your champions, the acclaimed, taking on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. And Here's what I'll say. Jeff Jarrett fucking sucks. He should be off television. But I have to give him credit. Universally, everyone fucking hates Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. And so, like... He knows how to use it. So, when you want the acclaimed to get over... Oh, yeah, it's a good foil. So,
1: first of all, two things. Uh, Aubrey Edwards got her money's worth tonight. Jericho shoved her. And then Jeff Jarrett. And this, you know, as we roll along here, you know, when when Jeff Jarrett and and, and Jay Lethal think they've won the, the tag team titles. And Aubrey's in there, which is a little bit of a miss for me. We never do this where referee misses something obvious, another referee. I mean, we rarely do it in pro wrestling. Where another referee comes in and reverses the decision however as she's trying to do that i love how jeff Jarrett just gets in the way and just like shoves her out of the way with his fucking legs he's right, like oh, oh excuse me i'm walking here yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i was like all right jeff Jarrett, that was cool right <laughs> that's a good heel move um man i gotta tell you like seeing it made me be like
0: Whoa, no
1: Right? <laughs> like for a second i was like Fuck this. Whoever booked this needs to go now. Uh, Jeffrey Sills says that match was great. He was putting it up for match of the night. And and it might have been. It was yeah. very exciting. The crowd was, first of all, this crowd was hot. Start to finish. Love this mm-hmm. crowd. And the acclaim fed into this. The, the rap coming down was great. Like, every line was, like, newsworthy stuff. Like, current events stuff that hit and tied into their beef that they've got going on, which the pro wrestling cynic in me wants to believe this is all the work. Their online issue with the Kurt angle and the Jeff Jarrett, but it's Kurt angle and the Jarrett's
2: right. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe this stuff is real. I feel like, and again, we don't want to get too far into that. I feel like it is. I feel like when you're starting to talk about, well, here's what could happen, is- right?
1: They say, Hey Jeff, we're going to say this. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But then Kurt angle says, bitch, you said what? And then they're like, well, fuck you, Kurt. And he's like, bitch, fuck you. And they're like, yeah, fuck you too, bitch. And then and then the acclaim's like, hey, we're going to just fucking play into this, right?
2: So if you paid attention during the match, one of the things that happened was Max Caster actually poked fun at Kurt Angle here. So he does a body slam or some type of big impact move. He gets up and does the Olympic kind of one half turn that Kurt Angle would do. He goes right to an ankle up, Yeah. which is Kurt so the acclaimed
1: is in a weird way the 2023 version of dx where it's the like i don't give a fuck about your your rules and your what's what gentlemanly thing to do is right like i know we're all mm-hmm. supposed to oh my god pay respects to our elders but like fuck a kurt angle right like i i like that kind of attitude from him and i think that's what has made them catch fire in the way they have
2: yeah so the towards the end of the match uh, the referee does kick out Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt. <laughs> which side note, and I said this on yeah. Twitter at Table Show: Satnam Singh with the largest middle finger in yeah. the history how of many television. How you, you know,
1: just... we always used to ask how big is Batista's dick, but how many yeah, inches but... do you think Satnam Singh's middle finger is? I is it know. is Satnam Singh's middle finger bigger than Batista's dick? Is the new oh, question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, it's, it's probably longer. <laughs> But yeah. is it thicker, right? Well, we we'll need see. to know. <laughs> we gotta
2: know. So, but here's where you, you uh, mentioned... Jeffrey
1: Sill says he popped on the ankle lock, by the way, which is which yeah, was great. It was a great. Spot, it, was,
2: yeah. it was very good. So, but here's where I think the dis- the the finish made sense because, as you pointed out, we typically don't do the referee fucked up. Hey, another referee overrides it. However, if you watch it back, the reason she saw it is because. When the referee kicks out Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dunn, they're there.
1: Yeah, the Keystone Cops of referees came out and were all –
2: yeah, so it wasn't as if Aubrey Edwards is just it, sitting in the backstage watching a monitor. And it looked like down. a
1: wee sports crowd of referees out there mm-hmm. <laughs> just blocking, sat and saying, he could have hurdled all of these folks. But yes, yes, it set up the reason for her to be there to be, say, like, hey, uh uh-uh, uh-uh. I saw
2: it right. with my eyes. I right. was actually here yeah, right Yeah, I there. have
1: to turn this over now by rule.
2: Yeah, so so I like that. That's why it felt like it made sense for me is because – She
1: was And the scissor strut Jeffrey Seals popped for. I talked about this. I said Jeff Jarrett was doing the original scissoring decades ago. And Billy Gunn mocks Mm. the Jarrett strut. And then they scissor at the end. Love that, too. I popped for that as well. Yeah, this was great all around for that kind of fun. And it had that shocking moment of, like, did they just fucking have Jeff Jarrett beat the acclaimed?
2: I was so mad for about a hot second. So, here's the question, though. And, again, recording on Thursday night. It's going to be out. Hopefully Friday morning when you're listening to this. But if you're listening to to this before Rampage, uh, Rampage has the rematch, Acclaim versus Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal. Yeah, no holds barred, unsanctioned kind of uh, street fight. So what happens here? We well, doing the turn?
1: Well, but we got Daddy Ass on but our we side.
2: We got Singh.
1: Yeah, yeah, and but Sanjay he's. Dutt you know daddy ass can make quick work of satin singh due to his veteran experience of of tomfoolery right we'll see we'll see acclaimed is not losing these tag team titles to jeff fucking jarrett i will
2: protest i'm not gonna <laughs> like I can't do but this
0: that's,
2: look i hate jeff jarrett and we know this but you want someone to really get booze mjf gets Uh, booze but we give mjf booze in the sense of like that was good right ah Uh, you asshole but jeff jarrett we like we get mad uh, right uh i don't think so i think i could see it
1: happening with the acclaimed winning them back perhaps but i don't see like the acclaimed get beat by Jeff Jarrett and Jay lethal. And then the acclaimed don't touch the tag team titles again for a year and a half that I don't see happening.
2: I think the acclaim will win. And I hope that this is going to be the end of it then. Cause what I'm hoping is that the street fight takes such a toll air quotes toll on Jeff Jarrett, that this is it. Then he goes to off ROH. TV. What is off TV? Off TV. Long. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Maybe he goes to therapy um, with curtain
2: Yeah, Maybe there you go. Um, So, yeah, that was the end of the match. It was officially, at first, uh, Mm -hmm. lethal Jarrett, but then it was overturned. Uh, The match restarts, a claim to get to victory. Now, we go backstage, and Tony Schiavone is speaking with Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker, and the first thing that they say is, well, hey, we're doing this tag team match next week, and last week, the previous week, you had uh, Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm save your ass. What? Pick them. They're great. Mm -hmm. We don't like them, but they're great. So, what do you think about Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter trying to goat Soraya into picking a current AEW female star?
1: Well, um, yeah. Is that a look over here? Make us think this is going on because it's not a current AEW female star? and We'll talk more about that, of course.
2: Well, Maybe so I'll sure. just, we'll, we'll jump ahead a little bit because this promo then ties into a, a later promo where, So hold on, before we get there, I'll finish this promo off. Yeah. The, the noteworthy thing that got all the nerds hot and bothered and their nipples hard, like, like daddy, daddy magic, magic is that Britt Baker claimed to be the boss.
1: Yes. Of claimed to be the boss. And we know also, what that's she, alluded I, to. She, it sounded like she named them the killer and the pillar yeah that's
2: that their t-shirt that's what they're called it's whatever hey if it sells two t-shirts to jamie hater marks that's fine right yeah um but so she calls herself the boss and Let then that jamie the Hader.
1: but i don't know that i'm buying that shirt
2: no i'm not buying any of that <laughs> shit um but then later and yeah. again we're jumping out of order just because it ties together and we're on topic right now later Renee Young, or Renee Paquette. God, I keep messing that up. Mm -hmm. Renee Paquette is backstage talking to Soraya, Tony Storm, and Akaro Shida. And it felt like, tell me how you felt, to me that Soraya almost went heel. Uh, I like both of you, but Tony?
1: Well, so that's the thing is like, yes, it it was set up so that Shida felt dissed. Like they very Mm -hmm. purposely did that because her face renee paquette being like holy hey, shit I, <laughs> right? I, was just like, okay me. i didn't say that that bitch said that <laughs> like her whole thing was like well okay um and that's kind of what made it feel heelish from soraya's because this didn't feel like you almost can't say that by mistake right like you almost you <laughs> like you made a decision here decisively that
2: this is the best hmm
1: yeah it, interesting well, so it felt, where does
2: that go felt- well, so here's where it goes. First off, though, I'll say it felt very mean girls, right? Like yes. the high school. Oh, this is my best friend. Yeah. Not considering anyone else in the in the room. This is where it goes, Tim. And it's. Hold on. Let me say something, because I got a lot of stuff to say. Uh, and I want to make sure that. Got all a bunch sense. of thoughts
1: in this head. I got to get them out. Yeah.
2: So first off, I'm going to predict something. But if it doesn't happen, wrestling fans, I don't give a shit. And if it does happen. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm just having fun, right? The, the predictive nature of wrestling, yeah. where it's like, obviously, if it's going to be a match of these two people, it's going to be this way or that way. And yeah. then if it's not that, then they go, I didn't like it. It's like, it's like you fake didn't Monopoly. Like
1: it. For us, it's fake Monopoly gambling, right? Like, we're like, oh, yeah. I want this to happen. And then when it happens, we'll be like, ah, cool. See, I'm the coolest. And when it doesn't happen, we go, ah, oh, they should have went with, with what I
2: said. Well, no, it's just like, I don't care. I'm going <laughs> to yeah, watch right. it. But, but, but this, yeah, when- I mean,
1: we're not going to like, get upset about it. I mean, it's just. You right. Know,
2: yeah it, we're gonna have fun watching the television,
1: yes, because that's what we do yeah
2: now unless they start to happen.
1: suck I mean like we we got angry with WWE well, because they suck oh well,
2: and they're terrible bad business. And they're bad but business a booking practices. decision
1: notwithstanding like as long as it's entertaining, if it's not the way I would have booked it is entertaining still at least.
2: Exactly. If it's entertaining, I don't care how we got right. to the end. It just has to be entertaining. So,
1: Jeffrey Sills says she is going to make a heel turn? Is that where we're going? You yes. said you got a lot of thoughts. You got a lot of thoughts.
2: Yeah. So, so that that's what I want to say on the front end is if I I'm predicting this, but I don't care. I'm not a, this isn't a hill I'm going to die on or I'm not going to make it in my Twitter bio that I predicted this. But this is why I think it happens. We get Wednesday night, Soraya is walking backstage. She goes to find Tony Storm. Some type of way of like she's being interviewed. They're gonna want to talk about that match with Renee Paquette. Renee Paquette's like Serae, where's Tony Storm? And then uh, Serae is like, well, hell, what the what the hell? And then we get Alex Marvez running his little fat chubby ass uh, into the back, and Tony Storm's been taken out by Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida's gonna take out Tony Storm to be like that bitch isn't the best. I'm the best. So Akaro goes heel, takes out Tony Storm. Then Soraya goes, what do I do? What do I do? <sighs> Comes out. Britt Baker, Jamie Hader are like, ha ha, two against one. You ain't got no friends. And then she goes, guess what? I knew you'd do something like this. That's why I got the new CEO of the women's division. And then it's fucking dollar bills from the rafters. Now that part probably won't happen. But then it's, fun hair Mercedes Monet and she fucking makes her way out there. And That's how we get there. Uh,
1: we've got a lot to talk about Mercedes Monet and we'll save that for after our AW dynamite review. Yeah. Um, but so that's what's yeah, going yeah. to happen. huh?
2: That's what's going to happen now. Uh, it's fine. So and here's the other thing is like, I don't, my feelings on this Mercedes and AW isn't going to be, Chris Jericho in AEW. I don't necessarily think we're going to see her every single week. Bah, 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 bah. I think it's, hey, there's revolution coming. Well, guess who has a tag match or it's all out. Well, guess who has a title match? And that's where she's going to fit in. I don't think she's going to be week in, week out. Uh, uh, look at this. Kind of, I'm
1: still holding out hope that we don't see her. Spoiler alert for our discussion later. Oh, I'm not yeah. the hugest Mercedes Monet fan. And I, look, going over to NJPW is great. All right, that's what we told Cody Rhodes to do when he did it and he did well for himself and I think that's where she should go if I'm being honest because I won't value her on AEW um, and maybe I'm wrong maybe she could prove me wrong if she were to be on AEW but I could get the feel that WWE allowed said release on the basis of not showing up on American television for a while kind of similar to what we did with William Regal uh, the other mm. way so mm,
2: potentially know, yeah. Uh, So with that being said, even though I don't want necessarily Mercedes to be the mystery partner revealed, I do like that. Hey, now we've get Tony Storm, Hikaru Shida, then we get a tag match, then we get the fallout of the tag match, then we can separate Britt Baker and let's just say it's Mercedes. Then we could have Soraya going up against Jamie Hayter for the title. So like we have stories. So that's the benefit of this, of what I think is going to happen. Now we'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, Let's get back to the show. Yeah. We get one of the loudest pops because it's Brian Danielson in action. Oh. It's Brian Danielson versus Tony Nese. And this is what I'll say. We talk about Chris uh, CM Punk in Chicago. We talk about Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in Toronto, but Brian Danielson in Seattle or just in mm-hmm. Washington is it's magical. How did this world it's magical?
1: Yeah. And you know what I, you know what? Even helped this time, and and I say it every time I hear it, and I and I like I just that theme music that they worked up for him for AEW is magical, man. If I've got an interview that day, I'm in the shower, fucking bumping that song. Right? Like, I mean, it's so it's greatness, right? Like, it's just it's awesome, and and him standing there with the crowd going nuts, and yeah. we're doing the yes thing without even saying yes anymore. It's just like this means Brian Danielson, right? Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, he was having a great time. His open mouth smile was wide open. <laughs> we yep. were loving every minute of it. And that's what this is, right? Like when somebody's a, especially a 30 or 40 year veteran of this industry and they've always kind of been a crowd favorite and now they're in their hometown, like I, you would expect nothing else, right?
2: And credit to Brian Danielson for going up against Tony Nese. Tony Nese is one of those guys that looks the part, probably wins the award for getting off the bus but he doesn't really have much of anything else. So he got to show off some of his stuff uh, during this match. So that was a nice gesture. If you're peeking behind the curtain to put Tony niece in that position, uh, other than some other wrestlers you could have. Right. But Brian Danielson picks up the victory Uh, crowd goes crazy. Crowd was crazy throughout the entire match, as you mentioned. And then uh, he gets on the mic. He goes, Hey, I'm feeling a little froggy. Let's uh, let's kick MJF's ass. Come on, MJF. And we knew going into this episode that contractually MJF had to show up on Dynamite. So he walks out and we get some sophomoric humor where uh, Brian Danielson's mom fucked a goat and then... (laughs) What uh Danielson is saying uh, that MJF's MJF's mom's suitor or whatever. And
1: like I I was like, that's a good line, right? Like how he kind of led that whole thing of like, there's probably even some here, right? Yeah, me. Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Love it. So that was all fun. It did get a little long-winded when Danielson said, I'm gonna kick your ass, and then he MJF ran up the ring, and then we got so we got all this long convoluted way to get to the end of. For I believe the next eight weeks. I don't know exactly how many times, but Brian Danielson has to win all of his matches leading up to a a date. February eighth, I think they said. That makes sense. I I didn't fact check.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. But he has to win all these matches up to this date. And then at the pay-per-view revolution, Brian Danielson gets to name his stipulation. And what he named was a one-hour iron man match so tim let's dig into this just a little bit from a fan's perspective because the first thing i thought of is "fuck," (laughs) and this is why these pay-per-views tim are already nine hours yeah now you're telling me we're gonna fit in the Saraya match, the yeah. hangman match, the and well, Especially at Revolution. This
1: isn't like, I mean, this is one of their biggest ones, right? Like I just well, yes. I, I'm a little worried about the length of it. I my thought process too went to all right, nobody is under any impression that Brian Danielson will have an issue doing this. We don't know that about MJF, right?
2: I would say I don't have any issues with <clears throat> MJF,
1: because I don't think he would sign up for it if he didn't trust he could do it.
2: And I also don't think he would sign up for it if he hadn't already done long matches in the past in AEW with a Darby. So to me, it's the
1: thought process of this of of, so not only is it not that like I I don't think Brian Danielson's like you because it's a little too early in the storyline typically to hear we're going to go a 60 man ironman match, right? Usually that comes minute. yeah, 60 minute, right? 60 man, yeah, no, 60 minute ironman match. Um that's usually coming a little further into a back and forth. So to come out this early, that means I think it is the idea that like MJF behind the curtain maybe has a little something to prove here. Like no no, I'm one of the greats and I'm about to show everybody and he probably had to do some like talking to get this is like no we're doing this thing right we're doing a 60 man iron or 60 minute ironman match so i'm excited to kind of see what that means right i feel like these guys might not only first of all give us a a quality story in 60 minutes but also might do it at a pace that we're probably not expecting right i think it might be a little more frenetic than you might think a 60 minute ironman match would be
2: the 60 minute match that danielson had with hangman is one of my favorite AEW matches and as far as athletic performance, I don't feel like Hangman and MJF are that far apart, right? It's splitting hairs of who's the more athletic yeah, one. Yeah. MJF maybe has more strength and Hangman has more agility, but it's not a huge difference anywhere in any of those categories. So I do agree, like, it's probably going to be a very entertaining match. From a storyline perspective, I like it because it's the strongest suit for Brian Danielson. Oh, yeah. He is the best. Technical wrestler, yep. so I well, like what he your said. Ass
1: out. I'm gonna expose you. Like, yeah, you yeah. you can wrestle, yeah. You know, like, we're not dis- distinguishing that, but like you're not the greatest wrestler, and that will bear out over 60 minutes when yeah. I fucking stretch you for a seven to three victory or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah.
2: So, but my thing, as soon as he said it, I I legitimately out loud, I said, fuck. Because I then, know. We, the, then rampage. And dynamite before and after better be fucking home runs. Cause if we just fill all the shit with Eddie Kingston and Ortiz, and I love Eddie Kingston, he's my favorite right here. Look at this. Eddie Kingston is the fucking man. Got him right there. Right. But if we squeeze in Eddie Kingston and Ortiz versus the house of black, just because it has to be on the pay-per-view. No.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I look, I want my pay-per-views maxed at four hours and I don't want them all at four hours. You know what I mean? Like I three hours is fine on some of them.
2: Go back and watch some of those WrestleManias during the attitude era. And they were two and a half hours. I don't need three hours. Yeah. (laughs) Two and a half to three hours. That's all I need. Right. Like
1: that's what I'm saying. Like I I would prefer three because you're going to tell me a couple of succinct storylines, but I get that like some people like a longer match. So if we're going to stretch it, this is not my thing. Like, I, we could tell a plenty of good story in a well, 30 minute match that we could tell in a 60 minute match.
2: But now we'll see. And also, like, because of recent events where Wrestle Kingdom was this week and Wrestle Kingdoms are 32 hours, I don't want Tony Khan to get the idea of like, if they can do seven, I can do eight hours. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. No one likes that. No one likes
1: it. No I mean, one likes that.
2: So that's what we got WWE
1: had up. to start splitting it into two days. And we still are like, man, fuck that. <laughs> like we're yeah. still a little upset about that.
2: Well, I, yeah, the two day thing is stupid too, because if I buy tickets and I can only afford one and my favorite guy is Eddie Kingston and I buy night one, he shows up on night two. Guess who's going to fucking burn that place down? Me. God damn it. Anyhow, uh, we get back into the ring with one of the better matches of the night. We did talk about the earlier match. Oh, hold on, with- Tom.
1: Jeffrey Sills is calling out the Eddie Kingston action figure. He said it isn't lifelike. What
2: the fuck it is? <laughs> <laughs> you don't think that's lifelike? <laughs> the
1: get your ass. Yeah, it doesn't look yeah. a whole lot like Eddie in the face. You get it from yes, the body in the action figure, but the face is a little, what do you little mean? off. It's a little off.
2: Nah.
1: It, that's sure. a young Eddie Kingston right there. That's a...
2: What, do strapping I want
1: 23-year-old yeah, Eddie do Kingston. I,
2: okay, do I want fucking Grandpa Kingston? It's fine if he that's makes you
1: That's a few less beers, Eddie Kingston, than I'm used to right there. I'm
2: okay with <laughs> okay. that. Anyhow, uh, we talked about how the Acclaimed and Jeff Jarrett-Jay Lethal match was really good and entertaining. But far as in-ring work, I think the next matchup was probably the match of the night. It's Swerve Strickland, the coolest guy in pro wrestling, mm-hmm. taking on AR Fox, which... I will implore anyone, if you're not familiar with who this guy is, go on the Peacock Network or WWE Network if you're international, and go to Evolve and watch AR Fox's matches. They are incredible. Now, they also alluded to, which was cool, that these two had amazing rivalry in Lucha Underground. And we got a little bit of that here. Yeah. But move for move, they were countering and countering, knowing that they know each other so well. I really enjoyed this match. Oh, I love this.
1: And we've talked a lot. You kind of said this. A.R. Fox is kind of the originator of this or one of the, the pioneers of this hold your hand wrestling style that we have termed the Young Buck style of wrestling. But here they've done it better, right? So him and Swerve, like when they're doing those kind of moves where it's like, all right, that was heavily choreographed. It wasn't. They did it with a timing that was that was realistic to the point where if this were to happen, it could only happen this quickly, right? Like there wouldn't be this like set up. I'm staggering while I'm waiting for you to walk across the rope. It was a, I picked you up and you slid down my back and you flip my leg out. And then I fucking spun around like plausible, right? Not likely plausible. However, there wasn't a whole lot of that wasted time to set up a spot. Right. And that's what I appreciated about this was to do that athleticism. This is what I've said. Yes, it's wholly more impressive when you can do all that shit and not miss a beat. I just, most of the people who try to copy what these folks do miss that beat and not typically for, but this was amazing. I I agree. Like this was nonstop action and they hit their spots.
2: Well, and it's because they're athletes. Yeah. Right. Right. Like one of the things. Those guys got abs,
1: right? Like, and it takes abs to do this kind of stuff with that timing.
2: And if you want to know like how difficult it is, again, I will point to you, go watch the Hangman-CM Punk match. You're going to see an athlete and a guy with two left feet, and one of the guys falls on his ass every time he does the Buckshot Lariat, and the other one doesn't. Like That's the difference, and mm-hmm. that's why the Swerve Stricklands can do this match and not to be di- dis- dismissive of the Young Bucks, but sometimes the Young Bucks aren't the athletes that they think they are, mm-hmm. so it does become a shit i'm starting to like uh get a little crazy on this uh, top rope hold me for a second okay Mm -hmm. and then you look fucking dumb so that's the point i'm trying to make here is when you're athletic and you do it it looks like that when you're not you look like cm punk against hangman uh for the world championship anyhow uh swerve strickland gets the victory uh he gets some momentum moving forward still don't have a name for tattoo face i do like that uh taz called him paint paint face jones i think maybe we should just go with that That paint face jones is is a pretty
1: cool name yeah (laughs) go with that one hey look uh i don't know i saw uh, a tiktok where it took a snippet of cornett's podcast which you should not listen to you should only listen to our podcast but uh, i'll spare you that he broke that down and he just talked about that guy too and like like both him and Parker just look like they've never done this before, <laughs> and they just stand there, look like they don't know where they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to look like. It's just weird. I just don't know what they're doing.
2: Well, the fucking Parker guy can only do this. His yeah. little chain. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Hey, hey, I'm, I'm yeah, pushing this it
1: forward. Weird. It's a weird. He I don't, sucks. Yeah. He Jeffrey still says Swerve is my favorite wrestler. And Swerve, we think, is the coolest guy in pro wrestling, and yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's good stuff. You want to know how he's
2: cool? This this is the test go watch fucking, uh, uh, top dollar and, uh, yeah. whatever yeah. the, yeah. Whatever Nobody's nobody
1: loves hit row anymore. Right. Hit yeah. Row, yeah. yeah.
2: That's how you yeah. know. Strickland
1: yeah. He, had. he had them as the hottest act in wrestling that we were excited about. And they are, I'm turning the channel as soon as they come on
2: now. <laughs> yeah. Now you got satin sheets and old two chins <laughs> over there dropping off the top rope. So that's how, you know, sort of Strickland's the best. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> two chins
2: yeah. two chins and satin <laughs> sheets that's what i call them uh so then we get to some female action because it's right before the main event
1: oh yeah well because it's right before the main event it's time, time for, for the women
2: <laughs> every week tone clockwork baby clockwork and we get a tag team match here and it's jade cargill and red velvet who obviously have tension, so mm-hmm. why would they team? But eh, we'll split the hairs here. Common enemies. Taking on Kira Hogan and Sky Blue. And this happened. <laughs> like, yeah. Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill. <sighs> again, another person who is a superstar has surpassed the mid-card. Yeah. This would be as if we were to put... I'm trying to think of a good example. It would be as if right now... We put Sammy Zane in a in a feud with Matt Riddle. Yeah, it's like he's past that, brother. Like we ain't doing that shit anymore. Yeah, and with Jade Cargill.
1: Yeah, this is duh. the thing is I feel like we've missed the boat on like she should have already surpassed this. I know we're trying to tell this Jamie Hater story and Sareya's intermixed with that, so whatever. But like this Jade Cargill thing is. She's above everybody on that level, right? Like if she's not in the main event level, then she is spinning her wheels, wasting time. And I feel like we're wasting so much time that we're not going to appreciate the story when somebody finally uh, overcomes the monster and gets the title, right? At this point, I kind of wonder if if she shouldn't do what everybody said that Roman Reigns needs to do when when he's done is maybe she doesn't lose this. Maybe she says, "I'm fucking giving this up. Nobody can beat me for it. I'm on to the next challenge."
2: You know, I don't really like impact wrestling to be completely transparent with you. Tried it in time in time out, check in still. It's just, it doesn't, it just not mine, right? Wrestling's big enough to where if it's yours, awesome, fantastic, great for you. It's just not for me, right? However, one thing that I do like that they do is with one of their titles, and I can't, I think it's the X division, if memory serves me correct. They will say, I'm cashing in option C, where I am giving up the X division title because I want a shot at the heavyweight championship. Maybe that's what we do with Jade where she says, Hey, I've been TNT champion for a year. I am now cashing this in part of being this long of a champion, giving the title up to whoever else wants it. But I'm going after Jamie Hayter right. or Saraya or whoever it is. Maybe that's what you do. That would be a thing. Or you do a thing idea. where
1: it's like, I've beaten well, but they don't have separate rosters for those titles. So that's you can't say I've beaten yeah. everybody on the roster. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Interesting. I
2: would do that. I would just say, hey, I'm cashing this in. You've held it for
1: fucking two point three years. And that means, yeah.
2: <laughs> and you could have smart thirst and find
1: it. Oh, you say, we were gonna walk if we didn't get a world title championship. And so we made a deal with Tony Khan that okay, she'll get a world title but she has to relinquish the Impact or the uh Impact the uh TBS title, the, t- the host title, TBS. <laughs> the TBS yeah, yeah. title first. And then you know, so it's all or nothing, right? You got nothing, now you get your shot. You don't get this like fallback where right. you get to keep it. So yeah, we go that route.
2: And smart Mark Sterling could be in there where he negotiates the fuck. Yeah, maybe she doesn't even like
1: that deal, but she's like, you bitch, you just gave away my title. And he's like, no, so you can get a bigger one. She's like, I have to go win that bigger
2: one now, you dick. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's what it is. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot one segment before this, but okay. So Jade Cargill wins, uh, Red Velvet walks off. It looks like those two are going to feud. Um, but I did miss this and I apologize. But after the Swerve Strickland match, we did get the guns walk mm. out and give a F trip to FTR. Cause that's what it looked like. F trip. Um, and did I like
1: this? We- this is the best thing I've seen out of the ass boys since we've had them. Right. They, they had me chuckling at all of their like fake, you know everybody knows it's fake concern right like they're they're laughing as they're faking it we've got a sound clip now that we can always reference with the
0: podcast that no one listens to
1: right like we've got that but that's not true we're not uh we are not the
0: podcast that no one listens to
1: because you're listening to this right now and if you're extra cool you're watching this right now like Jeffrey sills in the chat uh and, and, and all a couple that. other Jazz, people. And it's a couple yeah. other people yeah um but uh yeah I like this I like that they're you know, having a eulogy, if you will, but they're just like fucking pissing on him the whole time. I loved it. I liked this. Yeah, I thought yeah, they it delivered was... it well too. They didn't flub any lines. They legit looked like they were just fucking, you know what I mean? Laughing at their while they're down, kicking a man while he's down. I liked it. All
2: right. So here's my question though What's the payoff? Mm, we don't man. talk about backstage stuff, right? We're not talking about contracts or all that stuff. However, From storyline perspective, three months ago, FTR had the New Japan, the Ring of Honor, and the AAA Championships. Second week of January, they have none of them. Yeah. And they lost to the Asports. Oh, man. What are we? we doing?
1: It's hard to believe that all of that stuff aside, that we may or may not know or think about FTR and their whereabouts over the next couple of years— um, it's hard to believe that the FTR is signing up to lose a twice to the ass boys, right? It's hard to believe, but you could also get that brother, brother stuff of, uh, eh, we're going to, you know, like you said, we don't talk too much backstage, but sure they might. Right. But I just don't see it yet. Right. In the ass boys, I don't know that I would book it to happen. I would have the FTR beat them, uh, even if they're going to be gone or something or whatever. Right. I think you still haven't beat them, but because I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know where we go with it. It is interesting that the FTR have had a sudden fall from grace, and at least they haven't lost any steam. Everybody still loves them. Oh yeah. But they're on a streak of not doing so well, win loss wise.
2: Well, and all the matches outside of the the Ass Boys one have been stellar. Right? We we go back to that. Double dog collar match with the Briscoes—that's match of the year quality, right? So it's not as if they're just laying down and taking the loss and then moving on, right? I, me personally, again, what I would want, assuming backstage is all the same as it was seven months ago, right? Contracts all what that, I would have this be the FTR rises from the ashes like a phoenix as heels. We've got so cuddly with them fighting like an eight year old girl and all this stuff, which is great. I liked it. It was the first time they did a baby face run and it was success successful. But I would have them absolutely kill the ass boys like to the point where Billy Gunn reconnects with them and is like, Get off my sons. You're a father. Stop doing this to them. And they're fucking dead, right? They're bloody. You make it a horror movie. They're in the corner. They can't fucking see through their eyes because it's covered in blood.
1: They're the dead ass boys.
2: (laughs) Exactly. And then from there, that's where FTR goes. Yeah, we had all those fucking championships, but we want one of them back. And it's the AEW ones. And then you get the heel fucking devils and FTR oh, against the worthy acclaimed. And now they claim to have to show that they're the fucking the way I'm picturing it in my mind is very similar of how it was described after Shawn Michaels won the title and his first feud was against mankind. And he had to do the hell in the cell and all of those crazy ass matches yeah, to get that credibility of like, I can kick your ass too. That's where the acclaim need to get that from FTR. Now, whether they win or lose, that, that, we'll get to that later. But that's where I would get FTR out of this is you're rock bottom. Everyone thinks you're dead. We're going back to our bread and butter and that's fucking cheating. And that's no fucking flips, killing people. Just fists. Just fucking graves. We're digging graves for all you fucking tag teams and we're putting you in them. I like it. And that's what I would do. Yeah, that's what I would do. So, uh so yeah then we add the Jade Cargill fun. Um <laughs> then we get to our main event. Yeah. And it is champion TNT champion Samoa Joe taking on hometown guy. Now here's the thing that I want to split hairs on. Brian Danielson got a major pop, major pop. And he's a bigger star from more casual fans than Darby Allin. But he's from Aberdeen, Washington. Darby is from Seattle. He is from yeah. there. He he went to Sonics games in that arena. You know what I mean? And his pop felt more like that's my cousin or this is my nephew. It felt more like, hey, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah but you're talking up, you
1: know? about a certified Hall of Famer versus no. a guy. No, that's, what I'm you saying know, is yeah.
2: the vibe. The vibe yeah. to me. The vibe to me was it's Brian Danielson, yay. And then when Darby came out, it was don't fuck this up.
0: Yeah. I hey, was like, hey Darby,
2: we're not fucking this match up because I like that guy. It was like a it was like a protective yeah. like feeling to the crowd. Mm-hmm. So we get Joe and Darby Allen, and before the match even fucking starts, Darby Allen just jumping off ladders. Uh Samoa Joe ta- attacks one of his friends. Nick Wayne, who we saw at that GCW show, if you recall, mm-hmm. it was Nick Wayne and uh, Jordan Oliver taking on the Aussie Open. That's who yep. we saw at the GCW show. Um, but here, Samojo attacks his friend. So then Darby fucking da 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 takes a fucking spine buster on the stairs, which, God, Darby, like, I'll hug you, man. Just like, it's fine. We love you. Brother, we love you. It's yeah. okay.
1: You take a flat back. We'll be all right. We'll still love or just, you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Or just, you know, I don't know. Take a fake punch in the face. Like, it's okay. Yeah. You don't need
1: to prove you're tough. Yeah. We get it. Skateboard to the back would be better than this, man. Here
2: just, I don't know, man. Just, yeah. I'll give it. come In March, when you're here, hit us up. I'll meet with you. I'll buy you lunch. And I'll just give you a hug. Let's just talk. Anyhow, so we get the match officially started. And Samoa Joe, one-way traffic.
1: I have a feeling Darby is. Allen's putting out a uh, restraining order against you as we speak.
2: <laughs> it's not bad. It's just, you know, I got a therapist. So that's come on, I'll buy you city. lunch. I'll
1: give you a hug. It's like, no thanks, guy.
2: <laughs> well, then I'll send my therapist your way or something because, Jesus, man, like, you're loved, Darby. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, You're loved. The guy could work uh, wonders for you, Darby. Yeah, he's amazing. So we get this match. It's one way traffic. Samoa Joe is choking out Darby. He's fucking throwing him here. He's throwing him there. And we get this uh, uh, finish where it's a it's a rear naked choke into a back uh, pin, which then takes that into a muscle buster, but then slides out. And then we get coffin drops. And now your AEW TNT champion is one. Darby Allen. What'd you think of that? I was surprised
1: by the outcome. I'm going to be honest. I thought we had more juice with this king of television stuff to keep going with Joe. I get double champ is a little bit redundant sometimes, especially if you're going to start doing ROH stuff now. But I honestly was surprised. I mean, I don't hate it. I mean, it, it makes sense. They told the story leading up. He had the whole sting promo and, and all of that. So it's fine. I just, I don't know. I don't think we're going to get anything magical out of it as far like, we're going to get more matches where we're like, my God, I can't believe he, he it's the modern day Jeff Hardy, right? We're going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe he risked his body to do that. And like, great, but that doesn't necessarily tell a great story all the
2: time. So, I loved it. Now, let's talk about post-match, because the first person we see post-match is Sting, and they embrace why I loved it is for the, a couple of reasons. One, you can still do the king of television because Samoa Joe is your TV champion. True. So he can always mm. be the king of television. King of television. Yep. Now just take it over to Ring of Honor, right? Awesome. Come back into AEW whenever you want. Still the king of television. Look at me. I have the TV title. So it's not like we get rid of that gimmick, it doesn't go away because he still has a second title. Makes sense. Also, now we finally have a pillar. And all of this stuff that we're talking about, Darby, we finally have some direction because since the MJF feud, it felt like he's just been this wandering madman where he's just like, let's fucking get crazy. And it's like, well, why? I don't know. Because look at me. I got paint on my face. Okay. So at least now it's some direction. I have a title. I'm going to defend it. He also has talked about in the past how he wanted to honor the legacy of Brody Lee. We can revisit some of that. We could also run back who we lost the title to and someone we haven't seen since it was warm outside, bring back Miro. Miro can say, won that from you once. Let's do it again, brother. And then I think we can do the last chapter in Sting's career. And it's for the TNT Championship. Sting, Darby Allen, Darby wins, Sting rides off into the sunset.
1: And it's just a face first face dad and son match, or well, do you it, have one of them?
2: No, it's tension. It's it's we've got to settle this. There's one way to fucking settle what we have here, and, and it can be face oh, to face. Oh, you
1: know what it is. All right, so Darby, you know Sting had to kind of give him a fucking the dad pep talk. It's like, listen, you're in your own fucking head. You know, all this people doubt you. Like nobody's doubting you. You are just you're talking shit to yourself. More of that. Maybe Darby is the TNT champion. But he still acts like he's got something to prove or he's got something to whatever. And Sting's just kinda like, Dude, it's nobody but you. Like, shut up, right? Like basically. And then he's like so Darby's like, Oh, I know who I've got to prove it against. I know who I've got to defend this against. Fucking you. And Sting's like, I didn't yeah. deserve that shot. And he's like, But I've got to prove it against you. And he's like, Well the only way I feel I'll deserve it is I'm putting my my career on the line. That's the only oh. fair thing I can put up against, right? And then Darby's kind of like, whoa, 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 whoa. All right. Like even maybe, or maybe he's like, all
2: right, fuck, respect. Let's do this. Yeah. Run back with some new wrinkles, but your framework is Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 24. Like that's the framework of what you're doing yeah. here. And just run some different wrinkles that apply directly to Sting and Darby Allen's relationship.
1: Yeah. Jeffrey Sill says. I like that Darby won, but for the psychology uh, and how Joe did Wardlow last week, it looks like bad booking. Wardlow looks like Tess now. Well, Wardlow was kind of beginning to look like Tess from the moment he got the TNT title, unfortunately, to me.
2: That's a very good analogy. Well, and maybe it's Wardlow that runs into Darby first, because the title maybe means more to him than Joe. Maybe it's the title that he's after. He doesn't care who has it.
1: Could, could be, be a yep. heel,
2: could be a heel Wardlow that says, My obsession is your title. I'm gonna get my title back. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I like what they did to Wardlow because it's a reset. It it made people talk. It's honestly the most we've talked about Wardlow character since he beat MJF at the pay-per-view. So I like it now. Again, I'm not going to get into the minute details of, well, with this and then and waited 30 seconds and then he hit Joe with the skateboard. Like, who cares? Like he was going to cut his fucking hair, right? Like that, that was the purpose of it. So um, that's AEW Dynamite. That was our debut show for 2023 took place. I think for the first time uh, for them in Seattle, we heard the roar of the crowd for Danielson and Darby, but they were hot. Like you said, throughout the entire night, got some fun moments. And then next week, God damn, pal. We've got Hangman and Moxley. Yeah. We've got match 7 with the Elite and Death Triangle. We've got uh Moxley and I think Danielson taking on uh Top Flight. We I mean we got some bangers, man. Mm-hmm. In and LA, they know
1: how to make some shows just the packet with a lot of action and I'm I'm I can't wait that. for it. Yeah.
2: Speaking of a lot of action. Well, uh, remember what happened last time there in L.A. mm. MJF fucking went scorched earth on Tony Khan. So what happened now? That was a great
1: moment. Um, Speaking of a lot of action, you mentioned it. Wrestle Kingdom fits a lot of action (laughs) into a fucking, into an event. And they had that event this week. And you talk about an amazing match between Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega.
2: And here's the thing. We've talked about. We don't like the flips and shits and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And we still stand by it. And again, what we've said before, and we'll say it again for any new time listeners here uh, is wrestling's big enough to where you can like that and we can't, or we don't. And it's fine. I don't have to like your thing. You don't have to like mine, right? Mm -hmm. Wrestling's big enough. We can all like our shit. Mm -hmm. What I will say about this though, they do have that style. Hold your hand, do the flip stuff. However, The press conference from Osprey before this match where he got into Kenny Omega's face saying how he watched his friend's funeral on an iPad and all of the sacrifices. Kenny Omega saying that the reason he had to come back was because Osprey can't fill the shoes that he left. And just all of this, they're both kind of right in their own mind stuff. was amazing to it
1: to that whole talk about wrestling styles and which we like and don't. A lot of that erases in my mind. If you told me a good story leading up to it, if I care who's getting their ass kicked or not, mm-hmm. you know, I can overlook some of that style stuff. And and this kind of stuff does that, right? Like just the press yeah. conference alone, you didn't need a big buildup. It just became this stuff that both of them have wanted to say to each other for years. And here we go.
2: And um, the match was brutal. Uh, there was one spot where Kenny Omega is throwing uh, Osprey's head through a table multiple times. Then there's a time that uh, um, Kenny Omega looked through it like he was Jack Nicholson in the shiny. Right. I mean, just yeah. fucking Yeah, they know how to make shit. some good
1: spots. Uh, I, the biggest news here stateside, rolling out of that Wrestle Kingdom.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. So let's get into that part. Well, hold on. One last thing. Yeah. Kenny Omega is his eye is mm-hmm. swollen shut. I mean, here, here's what I'll say. Forbidden Door 2, we've talked about Okada versus Omega 4, and that's fucking cool. If you want to do it, fine. For me, Osprey versus Omega 2 is Forbidden Door 2's main event. Run those motherfuckers back, put them on uncensored YouTube promos, and let's fucking go again. Let's do it, yeah. Well, what we got
1: was everybody's been asking what happens with Formerly known as Sasha Banks. Where does she go? Is she coming back to WWE? Is she not? And we've seen the first non-WWE wrestling appearance for now mercedes Monet. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Monet. So,
1: is this... We've seen some... Again, we don't talk a whole lot about this stuff, but you have seen some behind the scenes stuff being talked about that WWE and New Japan will be working together and have some working relationships. They've allowed Carl Anderson to go over there and they're going to allow some more back and forth, right? A little bit here well, and
2: there. Well, so he, so one thing that, uh, as far as results wise, he dropped the title right. to the Tamatanga. So, right. Yeah. He's
1: done. So. You know, it's just that, right? It's it's one of these, like, is this all a work to then bring her back to WWE? And I kind of think that's not the case because, quite frankly, I think they would feel they're above having to go through all this, like, let's give you a new name and let's make people think we're over it. Like, they don't need to do that for a swerve, right? So I think she's gone from WWE. The question becomes, is she gone only to New Japan Or is she AEW bound? I think she certainly feels she's above impact wrestling, right? So she's not showing up at least regularly there, right? She may make the run on the indie scene, right? Honestly, look, all right. Anybody who's listened to this thing knows we're no fans of Mercedes, Sasha Banks. Look, I don't hate her. I don't think she's terrible at what she does, but I get angry and reject the notion that she's an all-time great or an elite in the women's wrestling. Because to me, her in-ring performances are average to above average and her mic performances are well below average. Just well below average. I, I heard this promo she cut on Kyrie and you have had months now to practice some things. To not be on screen. And you can't not make it sound like you're reading off of a cue card that's rolling too slow. I swear she can't string together a whole sentence that doesn't sound like I had to read it off of a script right as I walked out here. You know what I mean? Right? Like it just, it's, it's putridly bad. And so it just turns me off. The moment I see her because it's just hard to listen to. So there you go. As I mentioned earlier, if you give me a reason to care about who's getting their ass beat in the match, I overlook a lot of those things. But you're making me not care who gets their ass kicked in the match. Outside of maybe just going like, God, I hope you get your ass kicked. So I'm not down for it. I like everybody's like, oh my God, she's here. All the more reason I'm not gonna watch New Japan <laughs> go out of my way to watch New Japan. And I'm really hoping she doesn't show up in AEW because I just don't want to see that bad memorization of promos that are supposed to sound like somebody's actually talking but they're just remembering lines (laughs) you know what I mean like it's just bad it's just bad and I don't like it and so I if I never see her again I'm never gonna miss her and so I really reject the notion that she's this all-time great or even elite currently so for me great this is what we said about Cody Rhodes when he left we were like honestly this is the greatest thing you could do go to New Japan learn some new stuff see how to get over there have some matches with people outside of what you came up only knowing and so maybe she gets better I think Cody Rhodes was like that where he was trying things out I think he was better than she is doing now but and and he improved himself into one of the elites. Now, I I think he didn't think he was one of the elites then like she may think she is now, so I don't know if she'll take the same approach, but I kind of honestly hope maybe she's just over there, right? Learn some stuff over there, try it out over there, and then come back to us and see if you've improved. But I think she's a a a B B-minus player and <laughs> always has been.
2: Yeah, so... um Hold on one second. Here we got uh, Justin oh. Flora in the chat. Oh, he said, uh,
1: what did I miss? Well, all right, let's stop back from the top. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so what did
2: you think of the new look yeah, of, A- of The, look
1: the so, beauty of this, uh, Justin Flora, is as soon as we're done, you can go back and it'll be on demand on our YouTube page.
2: There it is. So this is what I'll say about Mercedes Monet: is for her to think that she is at an elite level, I expected more. Mm -hmm. I completely understand that she was the WWE homegrown star. I know she had some independent bookings, but she got into the system of WWE Performance Center and rose through the ranks and became one of their top stars. And there is, as everyone has said, Triple H to people outside of WWE, a WWE formula, performance, whatever you want to call it, a style. And that is great. And that is great for WWE. But when you are an all-time great, you can take you and throw you into anything. And what she looked like was an exact WWE copy and just put into stardom or New Japan. It's stardom is the female, but we're calling New Japan just for they own stardom, right? Um, But she looked like, well, the WWE crowd cheers here. And we know, we've been told since the dawn of television that the Japanese crowd is different. They're different for pro wrestling matches. They're different for fights. If you watch Pride back in the day, they don't make a lot of noise unless it's a big knockout. Like they applaud if you do well, but they don't really do chants or cheers or anything like that. So knowing that or being so good that you can adapt that when you do the first and I'm here to be the CEO And you don't get anything to then go like, okay, cool. Well, then this is how I have to start doing my promo. Because it is one thing to be like, I'm Mercedes Monet. I'm Sasha Banks. They're going to cheer when I pause. And when the crowd's like, no, we actually kind of don't. Then if you're that good, if you're the, I eat steak with Vince McMahon, then you fucking adapt. And she never did. She never did. Now, the finisher. Is something new. Credit to you for trying something different. It looked to me, it looked to me that Kyrie sang messed that up.
1: Yes, I agree. She
2: went too fast and did the thing. And credit to Mercedes, she tried to like, haha, I got you right. I'm dismissing that. That's totally fine. It'd be like if my finisher was a suplex and Tim, you didn't have the core strength to stay up and then you fall down. That's not my fault. You fucking didn't do that right, right? So I'm not saying Mercedes did yeah. that wrong. But the 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 promo, for you to have... How long has she been gone, Tim? Six months? Eight months? Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. I, yeah,
2: six, seven months, something like that. For you not to... If your goal was to go to Japan, for you not to understand what that crowd's like and adapt, and you just to do the hits that you did in WWE, that's where I'm at. Well,
1: and here's what it looked like to me, too, right? And this worked in WWE, right? And it didn't work here, where she comes out and she goes i'm here and everybody goes yeah that didn't happen there right and so now you're just standing there going like look at me right doing a pose and you're just standing there posing in the ring for no reason and then people go like why <laughs> right <laughs> why 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 you like this and they go but yeah because it's such it's mercedes but why right what what about the package what about the presentation because that's the thing—is anything she's doing, I think somebody's doing it better, and so I'm just not—I'm just not sold on her. I think she thinks she's amazing. I think she—I think she's mid, and so I just don't get it, right? And that's fine. There's plenty of people that are mid, right? I'm I like—I I like a mid performance in in some instances. It just—I've just hated this notion of—it's just felt like it's like I'm the greatest of all time. People go like, "Yeah, she's the greatest of all time." It's like, no, no, no. You don't have to say she's the greatest of all time because she said it. (laughs) Like she,
0: she,
2: well, get to decide. It feels a little bit like if you go back to our podcast six, seven years ago when Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world. No, they're not. They can't do a TV match and they've learned, right? I still don't think they're the best. We did our list of best Mm -hmm. tag teams and they didn't make it on our list, I don't believe, right? Didn't make it on your list. Yeah. So, right. But like they're good. We're, We're, we have, changed our tune on them but they've also got reps on television so like they've adapted to doing a 45 minute match because fuck it what else are you gonna do we can do what we want to we have 12 minutes we got to do a match and do a promo and get out right with her it's it's just the lack of it just felt like you know what it felt like? And again, we're judging this off of one appearance, but it feels like with her attitude, seeing her in interviews with Stone Cold Steve Austin and others, that she likes to smell of her own shit. It feels like the old rock band who comes back for the farewell tour. So they make country music because it's yeah. the easiest fucking thing to do. To and she goes, just, well, I'm playing the hits.
1: A thing that bothers me, and I think most specific, the thing that bothers me the most is her Promo work is her mic yes. work. Yes. Because to me, that's it's, it. it's this. And and I want to make it extra clear that I'm not like shitting on Mercedes Monet here or Sasha Banks. If she were sitting here, I wouldn't say I don't like you because you haven't improved your promo abilities in the 12 years we've known you one step. Like you've never gotten better at what I've talked about, where it sounds like you're reading a cue card or fucking, you know, a, a prompter that's moving too slow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'm mad at people who say she's the greatest when I say what about the fact that she talks like she's reading a prompter that's moving too slow because that has not improved over 12 years? I don't know if Mercedes Monet has spent hours upon hours in acting classes and just can't get better or isn't, but that's a major hole in her game that is makes it bad. I can't show any non-wrestling fan this and expect them to like it, and yeah. that's why when people are like, she's a big draw, I'm like, no, she's not, because nobody outside of pro wrestling knows who the fuck she is. You ask people who don't watch pro wrestling at all some pro wrestling names, and a few people transcend, right? You'll Some people are going to know Chris Jericho because he does fucking rock music and he does, you know, whatever. Some people know The Rock because they've done movies and whatever. Nobody knows who the fuck Sasha Banks is. If you ask who's Sasha Banks or who's Mercedes Monet to a non-wrestling fan, they are not going to give you any answer because they don't know who the fuck it is. And she's like 12 years of just not getting better whatsoever means she's not the greatest, right? Like she's not this – like to me it's not – show up to a promotion, beat up the champ and get a title spot the moment you walk in the door. So I, I mean, yes, by her credentials in WWE, maybe that warrants that, but I feel like WWE inflated her status on the card.
2: And I think that's what we're going to find out. I think, again, we've talked about pro wrestling is big enough to where if you do think Sasha Banks is the greatest, okay. But like, it's hard to defend it when you when you see the misses and a lot of stuff in WWE can be massaged, right. Mm-hmm. Can be smoke and mirrors. The Japanese crowd for better or worse lets you die out there. Yeah. They don't, they don't come to your rescue and start a, a what chant or a, a do the yes movement and stuff to save your ass. Cause they get bored. They'll just sit there and be polite and go like, Man, someone should grab that hook and get her off, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So this is where, yeah. if she's going to do stardom, we're going to find out.
1: Yeah, and this is what Jeffrey now, Sill says. He says stardom will make her a better actor. And he says she doesn't realize well, those fans we'll don't see. know her. Uh, so,
2: yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, and that's, and that's the other thing. There's a lot of myopic views on wrestlers from America going over there. Because I guarantee you, you get some of those Japanese wrestlers that in Tokyo is going to sell out some pay-per-views, and you bring them over here, and well they've tried that a lot
0: yeah they don't
2: take them to green bay wisconsin and then but who the fuck is this guy so just because you're wwe doesn't always fucking mean that you go over there and you're a fucking star and again i think a lot of that was arrogance i think and and to jeffrey still if this does awesome i think I think because, as you mentioned, if she was sitting here, you wouldn't say I don't like you because of your character. I would say I don't like her personally from things I've seen, even though I've never met her, because she's a shit person.
1: <laughs> well, there's that too, yeah. <laughs> right.
2: But this is where the yeah. reality check comes in because you're either going to be Cody Rhodes and go like, "Oh shit, okay, fuck," let's figure out what to do. Hey, young yeah. bucks, you you Sink guys or swim are- as Jeffrey Sil says. Yeah, like, and then go find the help, right? Yep. When Cody Rhodes got there, That's he's what
1: like, we said to AJ Styles. When he yeah. was going to Japan, we were like, oh, this is great because you will, he will either come back better or we'll never see him again.
2: Or, yeah, or you're going to go the way of uh, Lars Sullivan and, well, shit, I don't know what to do out here. So I guess I got to find something else. And so this is what we're going to find out. I do think AEW, I do think she's going to go to AEW. I don't want her to go at AEW because I think there's, and this is why, again, I don't like her personally. I don't like her stances on vaccinations. I don't like her arrogance in herself. I don't like the way she talks. I don't like the views she has on certain things. I don't like the culture appropriation that when she comes out looking like she's Japanese when she really isn't, I don't like a lot of things about her. There's a lot of things I really don't like about her. Getting back on track though. I don't want her in there because I don't want her taking spot away from Willow Nightingale mm-hmm. or Anna Jay Jade or, Ty or Jade Cargill yeah. like, or uh, Ruby Soho. Like I want to hear the Ruby Soho song more than I ever want to see Mercedes Monet in AEW. like, so and that's this is why what, I don't want her.
1: And, and, and I, you know, I mentioned this, I think to you off air, like the promo thing sticks out to me so bad because I need to care why you guys are fighting. So I need a story and she can never give me that. We talked about Moxley and Hangman delivering B-plus promos from each other, nothing earth-shattering, but mm-hmm. I would still rather watch that 10 times before I'd rather watch one wrestling performance Sasha Banks has ever given me. I yeah. just, like, because it's fine, but it's nothing amazing, but this was, their promo was above average, so I'd rather watch that than this was you know, wrestling match. It's just gonna, I, yeah, Okay, yes, there's a title on the line, but, like, I,
2: uh, all of a sudden, I'm supposed to care
1: match. why she fights Kyrie? Like I don't care. <laughs> like it's well, just weird.
2: Yeah. Well, and then let's go on the B side of this. So yeah, I it doesn't make sense. And again, you could say credentials from WWE. Okay, I'll I'll let that kind of slide. But still, always up your asking
1: price. That's for sure. But but,
2: but I'm talking from storyline perspective. Yeah. Still doesn't make sense why you just get a championship match. Right. That aside. The B side of this, and longtime listeners will know this, or longtime viewers will know this. She's going up against the fucking pirate. Like this is gonna suck. <laughs> like the pirate. Yeah, the, the pirate.
1: Fucking. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's the fucking. Yeah, thing and how like we covered this too. To
1: not like a Somali pirate. Not like a badass yeah. will murder you pirate. A cartoon like a Captain art. Crunch pirate. Yeah, Disney pirate.
2: You want to about? Oh ahoy, matey <laughs> in my <laughs> ship, the little mermaid uh, person. I'm the boss of things that aren't real. Like that's oh what you god. want me to care about. That's why you want me to get a new yeah. Japan subscription or something. Star Kyrie,
1: you should have known to watch your back and have friends. <laughs> like, god damn it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Speaking of cartoon villains, Tom. The last thing we need to discuss, the WWE Vince McMahon saga continues. Vince McMahon has, being the premier shareholder in WWE, as you'd like to point out a long time, basically appointed himself back to the WWE board of directors along with, uh, what were the names on there? I forget. It was George Barrios and Michelle Wilson. So he's got two lackeys, two yes men, yes man and yes woman to the board of directors specifically to sell the company. And this is interesting because he also has said that like any attempts that they go to sell it without him, he's going to block it because he can. So now he's effectively back in a major decision-making power and holy shit, things are going to get wild and crazy at WWE. We might see the, like the, the video, on the AEW network someday of the downfall of wwe (laughs) here
2: isn't it great to just watch evil people burn (laughs) it's just so good Uh, i tell you what uh, there's been a lot wrong in the world as of late and there are many stories that will make you want to rip your eyeballs out and lose your faith in humanity two of which though that will just bring joy to your heart if you're a decent human is one outside of the world of wrestling, just go watch how they're trying to get uh speaker of the house <laughs> and Congress. Just <laughs> yes. chef's kiss yeah. of amazing shithole people eating each other. Yeah. And then it's Vince McMahon. And we said this when it happened is unless he's 100% out, he's always going to be in. The relationship he has with Stephanie was always going to have his foot in the door with day to day decisions. And then we talked about in a few weeks after he was gone is he is the biggest shareholder in the company. And with the biggest shareholder comes the decision-making. And so now he's doing essentially his NWO promo from 2002. He, it's where his poison like, pill. I'm going to inject the poison. He's going to
1: sell it out from his kids so they can't
2: have it. And then he's going to buy it it's back. It's insane.
1: You think Pretend. he's going to buy it back? And
2: then he's going to buy it back. He's going to sell it to Jerry Jarrett or whoever the fuck. And then he's going to, Well, so the board has to approve
1: it. So he'll need from what I read, he'll need, so he's got three with him and these two, and he'll need three more of the existing board members to either come along board with his decisions or find a way to oust them. And man, things are going to get crazy. So here's the, here's the issue. Here's where things will happen. Well, yeah, with Stephanie, right? Um, uh, weird. Um, the stock prices are going to start flip-flopping all over the place. If he starts doing this and things are about to get weird and it's going to be a carousel of, of comedy uh, that we get to watch on WWE. And yeah, I mean, you know, we said this like, so, so you guys shamed him into retirement, but yet he can still come on and say, no, no, I'm placing myself on the executive board. Well, you didn't take any power away from him.
2: And that's what we were saying, <laughs> Tim, the entire time. <laughs> like, oh, dumb. again, this isn't the prediction stuff where I told you so. I don't, I'm not taking a victory lap because I predicted. <laughs> yeah. it. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is when you go to rip the band aid off, if you don't rip it off 100%, it's still going to be there. And that's what he is. He's the half-ripped Band-Aid who's going to reapply himself and, to this fucking situation.
1: And as Jeffrey Sill said, he's an insane person. So that you oh, didn't find a way to, like, absolutely distance yourself was a bad move on your part.
2: He's evil. He he's is a sociopath.
1: Evil. He's 100% the definition of a sociopath.
2: Remember the Dennis Green press conference after they lost to the Chicago Bears on the Monday night when he was the coach of the Arizona Cardinals? When he says, we... Uh, we or they are who we thought they were, right? They are who they thought they mm. were. I don't know crown them if you're going to crown them because everyone knew at the time Chicago bears were a really good team. This is the exact thing. We know who he is. Oh, he, he shows bears you every time we, he has never lied. He's shown you every time that he's yeah. a terrible
1: person in the decisions he makes about other human beings.
2: So, so even if it wasn't malicious and you truly thought I'm going to Get rid of Vince McMahon for the betterment of this company. If you don't do it 100%, why did you think he would just be okay with it? Why would you think he'd be like, well, guys, God damn it. I guess yeah. I guess this is going to be, I guess I'll find something else. You know, I do like football. Maybe The Rock will take me back with the XFL. But no, he's a psycho. You know that.
1: He, but- he damn near bankrupted his whole family to make sure Ted Turner didn't win in yeah. the Monday Night Wars.
2: But again, he's Stockholm Syndrome, his family, and Stephanie McMahon is going to go out there and lead a chant of <laughs> thank you, Vince, after he's sexually assaulted uh. plenty of women, which she is one of. She is a woman, and she's thank you, Vince, thank you, Vince.
1: Jeffrey so Sill much. says uh, Tim predicted the firing. Tom predicted him coming back. <laughs> I think that's yeah. right. And Justin Flora says this version of Succession is way better than the actual show.
2: <laughs> I need to watch that. I keep hearing that that show's amazing. I haven't yeah. got a chance to watch it. Well, yet. we're watching it live here. Yeah. Oh. And, oh god. Tim, isn't it so great? The two people that I hope buy it, one for selfish reasons, would be if Shad Khan. Gives Tony Khan the money because Shad Khan does have the money mm-hmm. to buy WWE, and it yeah. says Tony, run your toy, whatever. I'm out of yeah. here, right? But then second, <clears throat> the chefs, ki- I might die of a joyous heart attack. It might be a joy heart attack I would have if Head fucking Turner comes back and it's like, "Hey pal, heard you're selling something." Dead. <laughs> I don't think I don't, so. I don't
1: know. Is he? I don't know. <laughs> we don't normally dead. fact check, but we should find. But that's a great one. That's a great one for Ted Turner. I feel like it goes to somebody like NBC universal or Disney, right? Like they just buy it into their existing platform. stuff. he's, he's of-
2: 80, he's 84 years old, $2.4 billion net worth.
1: Mm, oh, what do you oh think WWE God. sells for though? It's probably more than that. Don't you think?
2: Well, net worth and buying. Yeah. yeah. You can get assets and things like that. So the UFC speaking business here. And again, we're, we're not talking about rumors. This was th- again, Another side note here of why we're talking about this, tooths so or anyone that wants to like uh, clap back at us, is this was re- reported by the Wall this Street is Journal. News.
1: This is actual news. This isn't. Well, this is speculation from and stuff, right? Yeah.
2: This isn't uh, uh, Dave Meltzer just right. bullshit. You know, I read this us.
1: off of the Wall Street Journal. <laughs>
2: like, yeah, yeah, Wall yeah. Street Journal. Yeah. Right. Read how the how they're the ones who've broken happened.
1: all of this shit the whole time. Somebody's got it. Yeah. Name. Somebody's talking to somebody there.
2: Well, but also they just do reporting, so way to go there, Sean Ross Sapp. Way to be on top of it. Hey, but you told me that the plans for SummerSlam are changing. Fuck out of here. Um, but so going to the business side of this. So if you go back to when the UFC sold, right, it was 2016. I'm gonna say 2016. Okay, six 20, years ago, seven know. years ago. Yeah, uh, it sold for four billion dollars. <laughs> WWE's bigger than UFC? I I would think so. Now, maybe not like because they go to different markets and get money and stuff like yeah. that. And they get a TV. Maybe not be as for- wide a
1: disparity as we're thinking then. But
2: yeah, it's it's kind of so I would guess because of and the seven
1: years removed with a lot of inflation.
2: And with the name notoriety, you know the name WWE more mm-hmm. than you would know UFC to yeah. the common person. Right. I would guess it's probably gonna go. 10 to 12, 10 to 12 billion. Yeah. That's why I I think
1: it's something like Fox buys it or NBC buys it or Disney buys it and just makes it part of their like network of things because or, or, or discovery,
2: discovery (laughs) Warner, which is again, unpeel the onion Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Jaguars. (laughs) I I mean, I, I would just see Tony Khan on raw like just you know the young bucks would fuck and fucking replay that whole
2: oh my god <laughs> they're every single step of the way they would probably pay ted turner to come in just to do a spot even though oh, he doesn't air
1: bischoff <laughs> oh, oh they'd bring yeah. back shane just to be mm-hmm. like
2: the name does say mcmahon <laughs> Side note, going it. back to AEW, mm-hmm. one thing that I did think was funny, though, from it was a little bit long-winded, but from MJF's promo, is he's respected by Eric Bischoff, yeah. Disco Inferno. Disco Inferno,
1: yeah, when he was like, uh, people that matter, right? Like,
2: Jim Cornette.
1: Yeah, love it. And that's a great thing to end on, right? The MJF promo yeah. is way better than whatever the fuck we're getting out of this real-life cartoon villain and Vince McMahon. More power to, to all those folks that still love that product, but, uh, man... It's unwatchable and it's run by bad people, so I just don't really watch it all that much. Um, and it's apparently gonna be up for sale soon. And a Rocky sale, and I bet they make less money because of it, even though he's out there saying it could only be sold by me. <laughs> we're gonna maximize profits this way. <laughs> love it. Best. Love it. I love it. Yeah. We're gonna oh. watch documentaries on this when we're fucking twenty years older. It's gonna be I'm great. gonna
2: try to <laughs> make I'm trying to get a flight to whenever this happens and try to bum rush my way into the room to watch him begrudgingly sell it and watch stephanie cry because she doesn't know a plan b of how to live and shane going like where the hell do i fit in all yeah. this and just i still get it.
1: royalties from this right <laughs> oh
2: my god i cannot wait and triple h is drive- like i married
1: into this shit
2: <laughs> yeah just a just a drive by connecticut justin and- floor
1: says it's time to pull our money together gents the fuck i, ain't got no money again, I mean you've at least got one billion
2: i work with Justin. Justin note i got no fucking money so i ain't got. but i just want to drive by and watch that fucking because you know vince is gonna burn the headquarters down oh. once he sells it oh don't get me wrong
1: uh i will never be shocked if we don't find a a something goes wrong and There's a death involved because somebody took too far. You know what I mean? Like, he's that type of vengeful whatever. Like, the story could go up in even worse flames for Vince McMahon because he doesn't know how to stop. He doesn't know when to quit.
2: If he does sell it and he can't buy it back, let's say it does go to an NBC or a Fox, and he burns the physical, like, warehouse where the fist, the SmackDown fist is and stuff, he burns it all down. All
1: right, so here's the thing. He's doing this. All right, we're gonna talk a little more about this. He's doing this because he thinks I am in control. I'll sell he's told them I'm gonna block any sell because he wants to maximize it and sell to who he wants to because he thinks he can maximize the money off of it, right? <clears throat> but all the meanwhile, like I said, that's gonna in real life send the fucking shareholders in a tizzy and that number's gonna plummet and people are gonna be like, No, we have to sell it for this. And he's gonna be like, No, no, no. He, if he effectively says I'm gonna block everybody. Uh, that I don't agree with then it's up to whoever he finds a buyer and if he finds a buyer who's willing to overpay for it then he's just going to sell to them remember another large company that just recently sold to a buyer who was willing to overpay for it because of like a personal fucking vendetta and grudge that's the kind of situation we may wind up in we may wind up with a Donald Trump owning WWE or a fucking (laughs) dilemma because they'll have no option but to do it Oh, God. Remember when you said the worst thing to happen to pro wrestling was WWE going public? The head percent. of Twitter has recently told somebody the worst thing to happen to Twitter was them going public because he said, we can't stop exactly what happened. And that's how I feel this is going to go. It's going to go true. to some other crazy nimrod fucking billionaire.
2: Warren Buffett. What did Warren Buffett bought I mean, it?
1: I, yeah. Honestly, oh. I... I I could see him selling to the cons, because he's just like fuck y'all, and because he's mad at at the you know the other con and and Triple H mm-hmm. and Stephanie and and they're like well whatever I guess we'll just make our money and leave and fucking live off the rest of our life and then WWE dies.
2: Or plot twist, the craziest thing in the world to happen is what if he gets so worked up he has a heart attack and dies while trying to sell it? Well, and him. that's
1: the thing too. I mean, he's fucking seventy six years old and he has certainly treated that body like a temple you know so like I, i'm i surprised with every breath he takes if i'm being honest but
2: all right so here we go yeah Let, let's let's do it and we'll try to mark it just for fun and again a prediction is not something that we are going to live and die by it's for funsies because look at us we're doing a podcast on funsies, funsies right wwe sells yes or no yes I'm saying yes. WWE sells to.
1: I'm saying NBC Universal.
2: I'm going to say Fox. Mm -hmm. I think Rupert Murdoch and Vince McMahon have more Mm. in common than NBC. Even though they have good relationships at NBC, the crazies get together. And those two fucking guys are really crazy. Oh, I can't yes. wait. And then it all... And then, oh, but guys, uh, Randy Orton's coming back in March. Don't we want to watch? No. Nope. <laughs> no, we <laughs> fucking don't. I want to be scissor somebody, God damn it! I don't... <laughs> yeah, be a good, upstanding individual and hold to your fucking moral compass and fuck that company, man.
1: I think that's it. I think we're going to head out of here and uh, until next week, fuck that company. <laughs>